You are listening to the Quarter Transmissions. Or leave episode 50. Just what the doctor ordered. Right, doctor? I couldn't have prescribed better. It's time once again for Shore Leave, your Star Trek convention community podcast. Welcome to our 15th episode. I am one of your hosts, Jeff Hewlett, and with me is someone who really doesn't need an introduction, but I always enjoy giving her one anyway. She's a lover of tacos, but strangely did not celebrate National Taco Day last week. I couldn't figure out why that was, but uh, she didn't have a good reason. Uh, she's a driving force behind the letter writing campaign to make sure Tribbles make it into Star Trek Discovery. The wonderful Heather Barker's here. I can't stop laughing. Sorry. Hello. That was funny. So why didn't you celebrate National Taco Day, Heather? You're a big taco because fan. I, I had I didn't know that it was that day, and then I had had like tacos the day before or something. I I don't know. I was very sad, but maybe to make up for that, I will dress up my dog as a taco for Halloween. Oh, that would be awesome. Send us some pictures. <laughs> dog, doggy cosplay is always great. All right. Well, New York Comic Con took place last week here in the Northeast. I'm sure a lot of people know that. And several of our STLV friends were in attendance. Unfortunately, Heather and I were not. But two of them are here tonight to tell us about it. First is a newcomer to the show, someone who should be familiar to all of our STLV going listeners out there, Mr. Michael Nguyen. How are you, Mike? I am good. Thanks so much, Jeff and Heather. And I'm, like I said earlier, is a huge fan. So thanks so much for having me. It's it's so cool to interact with your voices. I'm just used to listening to you on my way to work, and now I'm, I'm getting to talk to you guys. It's so cool. Thank you. So awesome. So I'm so glad to glad to finally get you on the show. We've been talking about it for quite a while. I know you and you and Heather have been to many cons together. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know how many at this point. <laughs> I'm sure many. And I, uh, I we were just talking before we started recording that I remember. Seeing you in passing in a crowded hallway at Mission New York a few weeks ago and uh, recognizing you but not being able to to catch up with you. You were on your way somewhere and I was on my way oh, somewhere, yeah. but we our paths did cross. Yeah, just next time just throw something at me, you know, like a program <laughs> or something. Then okay. I'll know. But. No, but I think I had some pins in my hand I could have thrown, but that might have <laughs> injured you. So, uh didn't want to go for that. And oh, and returning to Shore Lee for her second appearance this is actually two shows in a row for her. Uh, Marina Krabchuk is back. Welcome back, Marina. Thank you for having me again. This is wonderful. I'm so glad to be here. It's like you're back by a popular demand. We had so many people say how, how much they loved you. So, oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs> so, New York Comic Con uh, ran from Thursday, October 6th through Sunday, October 9th at the Javits Center up in. Manhattan. Uh, Michael, did you attend all four days? I did. Um, I was physically there all four days. Um, I, I'll admit that, uh, you know, I think the first two days, I kind of got a later start. Um, and I just kind of realized that when I was, you know, a couple of years ago, I would really want to be there at the very start of the convention and then literally until they kick you out. But um, I kind of decided, you know what, let's be well rested. Let's be well fed. <laughs> And let me take my time and, and just get there on my own. So I, I got there a little bit later um, on Thursday and Friday. 
Um, and then I was there from about one until close uh, for Saturday, Sunday. Nice. That, that, that kind of flies in the face of the usual Comic-Con frenzied attendance. Yeah. Mm. I used to go and I stopped going because of the just it was too crazy for me. But is it is it still as crazy uh, there as it, it has been in previous years or even crazier? Uh, it, it's definitely felt more crowded. Um, mm. Like, in, I mean, and, and that's not necessarily bad. I mean, some people love the the whole ambiance in it. it I think last year they said about 170,000 people. 167. Um, I looked it up before. Yeah, before okay. tonight, yeah. Oh, actually, no, pardon me. 167 was uh, San Diego. New, New York hit 107. Right, we, we beat wow. it. Yeah. Um, you know. yeah, we beat, I, I, we beat I, San Diego last year in attendance. Yeah, and I, I mean, I remember like, Six years ago, New York Comic Con, you could just order tickets online, like a you know a month mm-hmm. or two in advance. And of course, you can't do that anymore. So that's incredible. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, that sounds a lot yeah. like Denver because we're only three years old, and every year it's just like doubled and tripled in size. Mm. And now, just tons of people. Really interesting. And it has grown exponentially, exponentially, and it's a little bit scary. As a matter of fact, like Michael mentioned, you know, before you could just go online, buy a ticket, go, you know, one day, three day, the entire convention. Now it's, I mean, they're trying to battle scalping, which has become a very significant problem. Mm -hmm. So every year something has been adjusted in the ticketing system. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I mean, this year in particular has become rather convoluted. Uh, Michael, if I'm not mistaken, you were going with a uh, press badge. Uh, yeah, this this time was press. Yeah, yeah. Regular tickets, it's you. You have to go through this whole thing where you can't just buy a ticket anymore. I mean, aside from the whole thing with the virtual queue and you know, basically wasting quite a bit of time with a very high chance of finally arriving to the ticketing page and finding half the tickets, if not more, sold out for you know those particular days that you were looking for. This year, they in, uh, introduced something called fan verification, so you actually have to have a fan verified account before the tickets even go on sale, and then. Once you go through the virtual queue, the tickets are on sale, you get to the ticketing page, and hopefully you get to mm-hmm. actually buy the tickets. Within the next two, I think, or three weeks, you actually have to connect those tickets to a fan verify account. So if you don't have fan verification, but you did manage to get through the ticketing queue, and, oh, isn't this wonderful? I have a badge, but you don't have the fan verified account, that's it. Your oh tickets goodness. just disappear, you get refunded. So it's, uh, like I said, it's become quite uh, an involved process to actually get tickets for New York Comic Con. Yeah. We were talking a little bit before the show about Dragon Con, and I had said that I've always felt that Dragon Con was the, the San Diego Comic Con of the East Coast, but I think it might actually be New York Comic Con. Mm. <laughs> well, size wise, Definitely. Uh, well, we already mentioned the attendance. I mean, I don't know how the show floor compares, given that it occupies basically the entire Javits. It's probably yeah. close. So, yeah, it's it's become a monster. Wow, I didn't realize. <laughs> I mean, as a matter of fact, the, the, over the last three years, they even started to get a lot of the panels out of Javits because they can no longer yeah. feed everybody. Oh. Now we have... Uh, uh, panels being um, uh, organized uh, in the theater at Madison Square Garden. So it's not Madison Square Garden itself. It's in, uh, right. sort of like a the side facility that they have there, which is a smaller, uh, sort of like a concert side space. Oh, do they have a shuttle or something for that? Because that's a bit um, of a walk. Well, it's, uh, no, I don't think so. No, no, they, it's all, yeah, everybody has to walk. Then they're uh, using Manhattan Center on 34th Street. Uh, which is, again, kind of like a concert-type venue. Uh, and there's something new this year. Oh, gosh. I I forget the uh, the name. Um, but, again, so they basically they're spreading out through, 
you know, west side in order to fit all the panels so that people can, I suppose, I don't know, fit everybody, all the events and the crowds. And I've been hearing very mixed feedback about it. Not in the sense that, oh, now you have to get out of Javits and walk. That's a whole separate issue. It just, the crowds are still there and they're not clearing between the panels. So those folks yeah. who went for like walking that panel that was apparently, you know, insanely popular uh, at Madison Square Garden, they just had to go there, you know, probably in the morning and just spend the entire day. Otherwise, they wouldn't get in. And Marina, did you go all four days or no? I don't know. Uh, it's a, I must admit that New York Comic Con is a little bit too much for me. So I usually just do one day, Saturday. Granted, it's the craziest day of all four. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it tends to, it's like, okay, that's it. I got my New York Comic Con experience. It's enough. Mm. <laughs> So being from Jersey, did you train in or did you drive or what? Um, basically, I usually, because it's a weekend and I only get one train per hour, so I usually actually drive closer, I park mm. in Secaucus, and then take the train from there in the city. At least all the lines go through there, so instead of one train, I get four and then drive back. So Michael, you were saying? Oh, no, I was just going to say there's also, um, you know, all these conventions that we talk about have like kind of a different culture mm. that, that accompanies it, so Dragon Con a um, lot of uh, fun parties and stuff. It seems like, you know, I've not been there myself, so I don't want to sound like I'm authority or anything. And then, you know, with Vegas, you know, we're we're enclosed in kind of like a fun biosphere of Trek for, you know, a week. But, but New York Comic Con, you know, I, I realized it's okay for me to come a little bit later because there are so many after parties and evening events um, <laughs> that just, just not, I'm not going to be able to last uh, if I, if I get there right when the doors open at 10 um, and the convention actually advises you not to try and do that and to actually yeah. try and come like an hour after open. But, you know, the other thing is like everyone thinks like, oh, it's so awesome that you live in New York because it just must be a breeze for you to get to, to Comic-Con. And it's uh. it's not impossible, of course, um, but it is about um, a 20, you know, 25 to 30 minute train ride one way. Um, so, you know, if you if you're doing that, you know, 30 minutes of train. And I know you're, you're in Jersey and you come over and you do that, but you know, by day four of doing that, plus staying out late at night. So I've, I've kind of adjusted my timeline to kind of sleep in, go in later, stay out a little bit later. And then Uber has been a great thing that I only started using this year for some reason. So. Yeah. I heard that there were some subway issues over the weekend. Um, yeah. That left some people that had appearances um, at Comic-Con stuck underground. Uh hours and whatnot so yeah, you know, plus at some point there was a parade so those yes, folks who were yeah. going on sunday had to really really figure out logistics of getting to javits otherwise they'd be just stuck on the street while we're on the subject of uh, the cultures of the different conventions i know the size of new york comic-con you know dwarfs stlv but for anybody who's only attended creation trek cons um what are some of the other big differences that they could expect from going to a bigger con like New York Comic Con or San Diego? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. For me, I would guess, um, for one, I think like for anyone to enjoy anything, you have to be able to kind of, I mean, we all have a starting point from where we come from with our experiences. Um, but if we only hold our new experiences against that, you know, it, it can be hard to kind of have a good time, I guess. So you kind of have to go into it with a different mindset. And I would also recommend like people go, you know, kind of have an idea of what they're going for. So if you're going to, to shop, then go to shop. You know, if you're going to catch up with friends, there is an area right next to the Starbucks where literally at any given moment, like there might be a hundred, 150 people who are doing nothing 
but photography and cosplay showing off and, and, and that kind of thing, which is a really fun reunion area. Um, and you kind of have to pick. And I think just pick those things that you enjoy and not cry about the stuff that you don't get to see because you'll never get to see everything. Um, believe it or not, like I, I didn't even make it to Artist Alley this year, which, which I usually do every year. But um, yeah, so I mean, I think you just have to realize that it offers a lot of different things um, and then kind of prioritize and pick the things you really want to see um, and make sure you give yourself breaks. Um, <laughs> Interesting. So I guess at the yeah. at Creation TrekCon, you can pretty much see everything. You know, if you're there multiple days, it's really not a problem to get to everything that has that it has to offer, except maybe missing a panel or two. But due to the size of these comic cons, you may actually not be able to physically do everything. Yeah, it's guaranteed, as yep. a matter of fact, because comic con, you know, regardless of the size, covers everything. So you have horror, you have sci-fi, you have, well, comics, which is what started it all. You have manga, you have pretty much anything you can think of. And consequently, the Comic-Con offers all the different panels within all these different genres. And you have cosplay and you have artist selling, you have the giant, giant show floor, which is all of this is really mostly about, you know, it started out with Comic-Cons with people coming in and trading comic books and everything. And now this thing blew up. I mean, you should have seen the size of the show floor that Javits now boasts. Anybody who's everybody, or oh, sorry, <laughs> the other way around, uh, everybody who's anybody in pretty much any genre you can think of in gaming in toys they all have their booths yeah and this it's it's this giant pop culture event it's you can you know it's no longer just oh it's a convention no it's 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 an event it's 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 become so big so like like michael said it's guaranteed you're not going to be able to see everything so you have to be very careful in your planning knowing that this is what you're going for otherwise you're going to just basically run yourself into the ground trying to get everywhere which is impossible just physically did they release a, a schedule beforehand? Oh, uh, yeah, yes. they got an app. Yeah, they got yeah. a great app. app. Awesome <laughs> app. Yeah. Okay, so sorry. They list, yeah, so they list all all the, uh, you know, autographing times and photo ops and uh, obviously panels. So, yeah, you can definitely arrange your own schedule and then <laughs> try and do your best to get to those panels and everything else. Did it come out more than a week before? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. But they, I think it gets adjusted because you know there's still some, you know, fluidity. Yeah. You know, some people kind of drop out. Same, same as any other convention because of you know filming requirements elsewhere. So you know, contract issues. So people, people cancel and then somebody else gets on board. But and but it, yeah, it's, okay. it's definitely yeah. before before we before. I think it was yeah, it was because I I didn't even look at the app until I guess the maybe the night before, but. But there were still some things TBD in it. Yeah, I have to say that I let's see. Well, like I said, that this was my fourth New York Comic Con. I've never gone to a panel at a Comic Con uh, <laughs> simply I didn't because go to any. yeah, yep. I, I usually like the first time I went. Uh, well, the show floor kind of blew my mind, so I make it a must to see at least half of it, uh, which takes up quite a bit of time. And then I always go to the artist alley because you can find some absolutely magnificent artwork there. Um, so that's just two givens and pretty much the day just flies by and then occasional photo ops other than that um you know, something that new york comic-con also offers um they used to call it new york comic-con super week now at least this year it's called new york presents which is additional events also held elsewhere in the city whereas it's at hammerstein ballroom or i mean this year there was a couple at gotham market for which you do not need to have an actual badge to attend the convention you just buy a ticket or some of the events are free and you just, you know, register for them, buy a ticket, show up. So I usually 
try and get to one of those because they get pretty interesting people showing up. Um, there was um, the one that I went to this year was actually uh, Friday. Uh, it was a discussion uh, about the 50-year mission books. Mm-hmm. I saw There's that. two two amazing volumes that just recently came out. So both authors were there. Mark Altman was there. Ed Gross was there. And Scott Mance was there. He was one of the sort oh, of, cool, he was supposed cool. to be hosting this thing, but he was actually uh-huh. running a little bit of late because of the traffic in the city. Yeah. So that was one of those very interesting things. And maybe about 30 people in the room sitting and just very really? nice discussion. It? Yeah, it was very, <laughs> very small, very intimate. Oh, oh my God. So it's, it's I- one of those it's like a little hidden gem. This is one of the things that that sort of like, well, did New York Comic Con do something this small? Yeah. And then you have all those other huge things that you could be possible to get into. That just amazes me. I have to give a really quick shout out for that book because I just finished volume one. And I mean, it's it's a it's a Bible. It's, there's so much information about what happened, stuff that went on behind the scenes that, you know, even as Trek experts, uh, that we are stuff I didn't know. Um, no, they've done incredible job. Um, it, well, somebody actually asked them how long it took to do the research to actually, you know, put the book together, and it was uh, almost two years. Yeah. I so that's it. you know basically going through and pretty much unless the person is gone, unfortunately, uh, everybody else who's with us, thankfully, the interviews are new. So it's not yeah. like the stuff that you necessarily it's already saw in the magazine. Yeah. yeah. It's a mix of everything. And they've got mm-hmm. some people that you're kind of like, oh, why is that person in here every now and then? Yeah. There are a, co- a couple of things that came up that <laughs> it kind of made me laugh. But I suppose that it happens in publishing. Um, and I'm sure if you go to like reviews and somebody's going to say, oh, they misspelled the word here or somebody's name is wrong. Uh, apparently they picked up when the book was almost ready to be actually printed, go to print, publish, whatever it's called. They found, you know, issues that, you know, something was indeed, you know, misprinted or that the wrong name was used. And they sent a list of corrections to whoever, to editors, and it just fell through the cracks. So those things never got corrected. So they both, both authors are aware that there are, they even know which mistakes are in the books and they, you know, they were never corrected. What are you going to do? So, yeah, so if you come across something that you know for sure that's wrong, chances are it's one of those things that fell through the cracks uh, with publishers. There are some things here and there that I find shocking, Uh, some statements made by people, and you'll have to read it for yourself. Um, But But it's certainly a book to be read, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's. uh, I started reading it, and it's it's very reminiscent of that, you know, this narrative style that has already been used for, like, Saturday Night Live book. It was the same concept. You have this oral history of, uh, of a show. Yeah, highly recommend. Two volumes, everybody. Both <laughs> <laughs> out there. So, uh, Michael, you, you got you. I heard you kind of saying you didn't go to any panels either. No, but you know, it's it's actually okay. Like, I don't want people to think that, like, oh, we can't see everything. It's not going to be a good con. Like, um, I, I had a I had a great time, um, and I saw no panels. I unfortunately didn't get to Artist Alley. I did not make it to every booth on the floor, but you know, I, I still had fun. Um, really, just kind of catching up with friends and seeing all the cool cosplays and stuff like that and, and organizing some, some group photos. So, um, that's kind of what I spent the majority of my time doing with, you know, doing some interviews and stuff like that, but, but it was okay. Like, I, I don't want people to think like, Oh, like, well, if I don't get to see everything, it must be terrible. Um, <laughs> and there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's actually uh, a husband and wife uh, that, that I'm friends with in the neighborhood. And the wife is really into costuming. Um, the husband, he was telling me, you know, I really want to shop and I want to see the exhibits. So he was like, she kind of does her thing with the costuming and I go and do the exhibits and 
Um, and that's okay, you know. So, so, so sometimes even friends and and uh, even couples will split up for the day and kind of do what they like to do and reconvene and kind of have a you know get together in the evening. So, so and we talked about how you know Comic Con is a mix of all different genres, but you know since we're focused on Trek, I have to ask about what sort of Trek stuff was represented mm-hmm. there at uh, at New York Comic Con. Any Discovery, Star Trek Beyond, 50th anniversary stuff that you guys saw? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually, I had a list of primarily track booths that I wanted to go to to pick up, you know, a few collectibles and things. And I managed to get to pretty much all of them except for one, and that was the Star Trek Beyond booth, um, which was not oh. so much about collectibles. It was just, you know, a thing, ad- advertising the movie and they had uh for instance they had a photo op they had a captain's chair you sit down take a phaser and then they take a picture of you and then they had another one which basically photoshops your face into a star trek beyond poster between nice. captain kirk and jayla so i thought this is marvelous i want that and i got i get there and um the line is two hours long Ooh. that's what <laughs> the uh gentleman who was one of the staffers for the booth said yes like yeah we'll be having a lot of interest in this i'm like well small wonder and then you know once to get out of the hole, you know, whether you take a picture or whatever, they actually would give you, you know, the uh, uh, the live long and prosper shaped, uh, you know, foam hand and <laughs> a pin or something. So it wasn't so much about like, oh, they're selling something that's related to the movie, but it was just an advertising gimmick. So and it was apparently very, very popular. The things that were exclusive actually for New York Comic Con, and I don't know. Uh, they must sell it at some point. Um, Anova's booth um, um, premiered those wonderful uh, patches. The uh, USS Franklin patch, which is gorgeous, by the way. Uh, the 50th anniversary patch and just Star Trek Federation from the recent movie. Same thing, just just a nice brown patch. So I actually got all three. Um, I think the 50th anniversary, they just started selling online. Everything else, I don't know when it's going to be there. Well, something... That's track related. I don't know. You guys know about fan sets? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The pins? Yes. The brand new? Oh, this is so addicting. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is uh, the third convention that I had seen this wonderful crew. And they just keep releasing brand new Star Trek pins. And it's just going out. I mean, I must be at, I don't know, but maybe 30 pins by now <laughs> between yeah. Vegas and now. Yeah. Um, but it's wonderful. High quality, looks fantastic. And I mean, it's it's the pins of the characters and the pins of the ships. And it's just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Did they have an exclusive for New York? Uh, yes, they had, uh, but not track related. Ah, okay. So like San Diego had... Uh, the three officers beaming out. It was very track. And then uh, Vegas had, I think, the exclusive. The New York exclusive is actually a Batman. And it says New York 2016. And ah. it's a Batman with a bat sign in the back. Oh. Yeah. But still, you know, like I said, their track line is huge at this point. Check yeah. them out online. It's wonderful stuff. Yeah, it's great stuff. I just literally just received a couple of days ago my um, Mission New York fan sets exclusive pin. Which is mm-hmm. the uh, three guys in front of the guardian. So, that yeah, that's right. Cool, uh, pretty impressive yeah. stuff. Th- and thankfully, they allowed me to order them because they were sold out by the time I got to the convention. Yeah, yeah. If I recall, actually, I asked uh, Lou at the booth, and he said they did not quite expect it. I mean, most of the pins were gone in like in the first hour of the show. Wow. Yeah, that's what yeah. he told me too when I got there on on Saturday. He said, "Yeah, we they were gone the first day, but." Fortunately, they they were taking reservations for a second run, but you had to actually be at the con to be able to order them. Mm-hmm. They're really, really great guys, very accommodating. We're going to be getting them on shore leave very soon, actually, once yeah. their convention schedule lightens up a bit. 
Yeah. yeah the the next one that they're going to be at is um, Creation San Francisco convention, and they actually gave me a small sneak peek of the uh, exclusive, and oh. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's an absolutely beautiful oh, pin. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, oh yeah, so definitely please. be on the lookout for that because that's a beautiful, beautiful. So I, yeah. I, they come up with the designs, and then they have yeah. the artists who actually put it together, and then once it gets approved by CBS, out it goes. And like I said. It's. I have to. I'm just stunned. It's such a you know such incredible quality product that they yeah. they put out there. It's beautiful. Definitely and affordable. I bought several. Yeah. Um, in Vegas, and they're just really cool. And now, like that's my thing for STLV is collecting pins. Like I got yeah. so many pins just outside of the the fan sets. Different people that were giving them to me, and then we bought some from Danny at Shop LLAP. And so I've got two lanyards full of pins that I got at STLV this year. <laughs> so pins yeah. are the new thing, and these are really awesome ones. Oh, and, and don't forget to yeah. mention, Heather, our cross-geekery with our Disney pin collections as well. <laughs> no, we'll keep that quiet. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's as far as, you know, like I said, the Anovas, the fan sets, um, IDW had the, that most recent, um, oh gosh, and I forget the name of the comic, of course, but it's the one that's based on J.K. Woodward's uh, the, the cover, that that beautiful spread oh. that has uh, all the uh, all the characters on from all the series yeah. um, and including uh, J.G. movies. So, and it's split up in three bits, so it's, you have three collectible covers. Um, I actually, I wanted to get that because I, I only managed to get one comic that they had available at Las Vegas at that point, the other two were not released yet. So, and then I wanted the entire set. Um, wonderful thing about just walking around the show, show floor is that you get to meet people. So you have artists, not necessarily the artists who are, you know, would have a table at the artist cellar selling their, you know, artwork, uh, posters or lithographs of their artwork, whatever, or taking commissions, but just somebody who, I don't know, maybe they worked on a cartoon or something and they would be just there for like, you know, that between 11 and 12, come and meet whoever, uh, or they would have, uh, writers. I, I met, uh, I met, uh, Christy Golden back, back then. I was just passing by the, um, Titan Publishing. And they said, oh, yeah, Christy Golden's here signing the books. And she, she wrote several wonderful Trek novels. And then she did, uh, I think, some Star Wars. And right now she's doing uh, Warcraft movies, uh, movie-based stuff. So it's like, it's right there. You're just passing through, you know, and you can meet anybody. That's pretty cool. Michael, did you see anything Trek-related that Marina didn't mention? Uh, I mean, there's the, you know, the things I think we're used to seeing, like, um, you know, like the styling online folks that do the bathrobes and, um, yeah. you know, all the different kind of uh, T-shirts and, and stuff like that and pajamas. So that was pretty cool. Um, they had it looked like they have some interesting flags, um, kind of like a blueprint of the Enterprise D, um, which kind of looked neat. And then um, I, I couldn't get to it, but. Um, the Rock Love Jewelry um, booth yeah. that's uh, founded by my friend Allison that I, we got to meet at Mission New York. Um, they have a lot of Trek jewelry that people love. I, I didn't get there this time around, so I, I don't know if, if that's what they were showcasing um, or something different. But They have a really cool Vulcan calligraphy necklace that was at Mission mm -hmm. New York um, that I asked for for Christmas. So maybe I'll get it. But yeah, their stuff is really awesome. Yeah, they, they had great stuff. And I mean, there, there was just kind of... Um, it was really great to see, like, you know, whenever you'd see someone in Star Trek costume, you know, and I, it, it's kind of hard because I do a lot of different costumes. So, like, I, I only did Star Trek on Sunday, but I wanted to kind of stop to talk to everyone who was in a Star Trek costume. And I, I might be doing it in a Star Wars costume or Ghostbusters or something. So, 
But it, it was always like a nice, you know, kind of Vegas reminder to see yeah. uh, so many Star Trek fans out there, too. And you saw a lot of Star Trek cosplay? Uh, yeah, I thought so. I mean, it, there was some everywhere. And then, um, you know, on Sunday we do um, we've been doing it for a couple of years now, the annual Star Trek cosplay picture. Um, we call it Star Trek Sunday. So, you know, the, I don't know if you saw any of the pictures, but met some awesome new friends, Marcy Salmon and Tysia. And they did the Star Trek four costume, but also including inflatable like wow. six foot whales. Yeah. yeah so, oh, so. yes, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. And they, they did those costumes within like a week or two. And they, they had actually sewn Amazing. together like the, the Kirk uh, casual uniform. And um, the robe that uh, Marcy was wearing was actually fully lined. And it was super cool. And, and I, I don't want to make anyone jealous, but they kind of helped me get in to be the last person um, that got to take a picture with the Star Trek Beyond booth. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I, they said, yeah, they told us that, you know, really they've closed down for the day, but, um, you know, they'll try and squeeze us in if, if there's if there's time. And I was like, do you think that I could maybe strike the same deal? Like, I don't have inflatable whales, but maybe, <laughs> you know, and they're like, well, just just hang out with us. And I was like, oh, no, I don't I don't want to you know, be that guy. And they're like, no, listen, like, you know, you're you're, you're Savic today. So so hang out with us. And nice. So I squeezed into to the last one. So do you guys happen to know what actors from Star Trek were there? <laughs> Given yeah. not the panels, no, but... Michelle, she was Michelle was there. Oh, okay. And um, yeah. yeah, Brittany, uh, a friend of mine from uh, Missouri was actually her handler for the entire weekend, which Ooh. was a, a super cool experience for her. So, I mean, that also meant that we never got to see her that much. Um, <laughs> Would know, that be uh, was... Brittany Cooper? Yeah, yeah, that's one yeah, of the things. Oh, yeah, 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 that's that's. You guys are yeah, like Chicago my, buddies, right? Yes, Chicago crew. Yep. My Chicago crew, yep. yes. Small yeah, world. I know it's that, a small world. Yes. Destination. What was it? London, was it in London? Destination Star Trek. Uh, well, it's it's they called it Destination Europe, but it was in oh, Birmingham. Right. Right. Okay. I knew that was happening the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the Star Trek people were there, but uh, yeah, I wasn't sure. With the bigger Comic Cons, they're they're doesn't seem to be as many star trek people but the exception of dragon con um i know garrett runs that their their star trek section down there and they usually have a good little handful of people mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but no big I, names no jj people no i think they're all yeah. doing something they're all working right now yeah or you know i think even i mean you know since it's of course read pop that runs both new york comic-con and you know Star Trek Mission New York. I wonder if they kind of like let's pull out all the stops guess wise for Mission right. New York and then right. what's you know that could be yeah, yeah that's true. Cool. They were very close together time wise, yeah. Yeah, but and at the same time, I mean the, the only if you look at all the panels, it was all very much, you know, to get exposure. It's all, you know, there were several you know, well, those popular panels like Walking Dead and a few new folk who came in just to publicize. I mean, they weren't even doing autographing or signing, but you had mm a lot of people in the city so i noticed something online um new york comic-con seems to be spearheading um having really great signage at their convention i know i've seen a picture of their cosplay is not consent signage there and i noticed this year they even had something talking about not blocking the hallways Mm -hmm. and whatnot did you guys see that signage there yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's very noticeable, very up there, especially the uh, the the cosplay not consent. Those are 
very hard not to notice. I mean, they're all over the place and they're giant. The ones that are they're not so much in hallways as in aisles on the show floor, okay. uh, because it used to be you know you go through there's not that much space, and you know gorgeous costume or interesting costume or whatever, and everybody just stops and starts taking pictures, and you get quite a bit of a jam, which mm-hmm. in given the size of the crowd is very very unsafe. So yeah. yeah, that's the new thing. It's it's there. It was like at every major intersection on the con mm-hmm. floor, they had a sign that said, please do not stop here, um, that kind of a thing. So, And um, they actually also have on their app, um, like there's like about a dozen things, you know, the events, show floor, artist alley. Um, there is one section of the app that is just about the anti-harassment policy um, and the zero tolerance. And they, they there's a whole list of stalking, intimidation, Eventual verbal stuff, and then you know all kinds of stuff, and um, how to report it, and all that kind of stuff. So, oh, do you guys do you still have access to that app? Like, could you take screenshots of that? Oh yeah, sure. Like, there's there's literally. I'm afraid of pressing the button because I'm looking at it now, but there's a button that says report. So like, I I don't want I don't want to report anything, but you know it's it's definitely there. Yeah. I think it would be awesome if maybe you could like send me some screenshots of that that I'll send along to creation um, because I'm pretty adamant about harassing them a little bit about getting some better signage um, mm-hmm. regarding cosplay is not consent as well as that whole blocking the blocking the aisle blocking the aisle blocking the hallway part because you know this is stlv is is not new york comic-con there's nowhere near as many people but we still do run into those similar problems when things let out at the same time etc so i'm just doing what i can to see if we can badger them a little bit and get them to take the cosplay is not consent having a visible anti-harassment policy and having signage like this present at stlv so send me (laughs) send me screenshots (laughs) Cool, cool. So was the was the sign the anti harassment signage similar to what they had at Mission New York? So I remember seeing a very large sign there that had a lot of information on it. You know what? I'm trying to remember what it looked like. It, it looked similar, but you know, yeah. So you have this big, big letter saying cosplay is not consent, and then uh, something else on the bottom. But uh, I think it must must have been very similar, just with obviously different logo, given that it was a different convention mm-hmm. uh, that would still read pop. So, but yeah, it's and but like I said very large thing and it's very visible i think that having signage like that is important to more people than just myself and i'm trying to uh just do it i can to get creation to take it seriously because at this point i think we all assume that there may be another mission new york next year um i don't know that there was any official announcement of that uh well they then they're not saying anything about specifically new york they're sort of like so far all questions were like yeah please sign up for our newsletters and we're, we're gonna let you know so it sounds like there will be another convention where it's going to be is a big question right, mark they point. might move it around like the star trek destination europe and all yeah, that which kind of makes you know that that was my thing is like my, my my first thought when i saw the name of the convention because you have star trek mission dot dot new york which kind of like well does that mean that they're going to be changing it we'll see yeah so creation has competition <laughs> is my oh, point yeah, very much so. and i think that yeah. that these are some you know seemingly small things to do um to make a lot of people happy so yeah I, creation's got to get with it and catch up to everybody else <laughs> yeah they definitely seem to be a little bit behind Mar- marine do you remember seeing anything in the cherry hill creation convention about anti-harassment 
Uh, yeah, but they have all these small conventions, so consequently, these signs were small. But they, I think, you know what? I'm just passing by because at that point I was kind of on autopilot in a way uh, after that many conventions. Um, because they had at least three different signs in the main area where the registration and ticketing was. You know what? I, I can look through my pictures and see if I picked up anything when I was taking photos around the hotel area and see if I actually caught any one of those signs just to kind of see what was actually written on them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's, it's certainly something that needs to be very, you know, like not just like, oh, there's an accidental sign, something that's the current issue. It is an issue with capital I, so it has to be out there. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I'm thinking back on it now. I don't recall ever seeing any signage like that at any of the uh, Monster Mania or Chiller conventions here in Jersey. I know you go to some of those too, right? Yeah, but at the same time, there's really... Uh, there's not I a mean, lot of cosplay there. It, there's not... There's not yeah, there's not... Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's a signing event, and it's a uh, you know you have a lot of vendors, so it's not so much for like a convention in <laughs> pardon the pun conventional sense, where you know actually have people moving around and yeah. doing something fan like. It's a little bit more you know you have huge lines, people trying to to get in autographs and photo ops with people at their tables and buying stuff and then leaving so yeah it's not it's not exactly in the same vein as the other conventions no but there's still a, there's still a point to have an anti-harassment policy whether oh absolutely because i'm, I'm sure that it happens everywhere that's not just you know somebody yeah. drummed this up that it, it happens yeah it does i think you know all of these conventions have different atmospheres some of them you know encompass such a, a large world of cosplay um the the ones that aren't just star trek there's there's a lot out there, but I think just having a very clear anti-harassment, anti-bullying policy that is there for people to see because we don't, people don't think about it. it it's, it's not, not everyone is aware that it happens and I'm mm -hmm. sure some conventions are better than others, whether it's just, whether it is cosplay related or just some type of bullying. So I think the more that, that we make that visible to people, something might click and they might think, oh, well, let me. Let me keep my eyes open and look just in case I see something. So something that I there, hope that all conventions will get on board with. I've, I actually thought of you, um, Heather, because there was a, a table at um, New York Comic Con that I thought you would probably thought was pretty cool. Marla from from MQ Cosplay was being a part of it, and they, they're cosplaying against bullying. I don't know if you've seen that, oh, awesome. that group yet. Nice. Yeah, so there, there was that. And it just it was really cool to to see that there, but but also just like for people to kind of be mindful in very crowded conventions. Like I felt mm -hmm. so bad. There was this great um, woman, aqua woman uh, cosplayer. I mean, incredible paint and armor and all these kinds of things, and she just got like checked by a guy with like a big backpack, and he uh. and he, didn't, he didn't mean it, but it was just like it was crowded and just you know to kind of be mindful of your yeah. your turning and and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's a it's a real issue, and these comic cons just continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I have not yeah. experienced um, anything in size to even New York Comic Con. I can't remember what the numbers were for Denver Comic Con this year. It was too many people for me, but I don't think it was close to either NYCC or SDCC. But the bigger these things get, the the more and more we need to be aware of just how you know to remember to be a good human being. <laughs> Um, they're stressful environments for a lot of people. And it's, it's not always easy to remember, you know, that you could knock somebody over with your backpack if you're not careful. 
So yeah, and it's not not only backpack. I mean, sometimes you have very elaborate costumes with wings yeah. or it could be a proton pack. other attachments. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much same deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to hear that, you know, these big Comic Cons have the signage and I just hope that some of the smaller ones follow suit. Yeah. So you guys both went to Mission New York and New York Comic Con. They're both hosted at the same venue. I know that the size was a little bit different between the two, but how do the two of them compare? I don't think about that. I mean, I guess obviously I love trek focus for what it's because, you know, having something regional, especially to New York is so powerful i mean even just as a recruiting tool for like what we do with away teams or, or any of the other groups i mean it's just like finally there was something to kind of unify all the trekkies whereas at new york comic-con um to do that same thing you actually you actually have to put in a lot of work you know because yeah the trekkies are there but you kind of have to get them all in one place mm-hmm. um so you know to do our group picture we had to we actually started doing ad promotion on Facebook um, just to get like the word out and, and a bunch of cross promotional stuff. So all your favorite friends and fans and new friends are, are there somewhere. You just have to go <laughs> through a little bit more work to find them. But if you love everything else, it's going to be a great time anyway. Like, so it's, it's, it's okay, but definitely two very different flavors of convention. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like I completely agree with Michael, you know, the, the, the uh, mission New York was, uh, you know, it's like a, a very miniature New York Comic Con in the sense of organ, you know, in terms of organization. But at the same time, it's very, you know, it's just track. So that's your 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 focus. It's not exactly like that little self enclosed thing that Vegas would have, but it's just one franchise. Whereas you know, New York Comic Con in its size and spread of genres and coverage, you know, it can't. It's like it apples and oranges. It's not like it's like. I don't know, cherries and watermelons, completely different. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, Michael, you you briefly mentioned some of your uh, cosplay that you did. You want to give us a rundown of all of your different cosplay from New York Comic Con? Uh, Even if it's not Trek? Absolutely. Okay. Well, well, Thursday was my Star Wars day, so I did uh, Poe Dameron, the X-Wing pilot um, from The Force Awakens. Um, It's always a fun favorite, and I enjoy it. Um, it's, it's cool to feel like an X-Wing pilot, even if it's not Star Trek, but, and then Friday was, um, my Ghostbuster day and, and a couple of friends I ran into plus, um, you know, some, some new friends that I made, like we're also doing, um, the character that Kate McKinnon plays Holtzman. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though I don't have blonde hair, that that's kind of part of my <laughs> thing this year of, um, doing some female characters in cosplay in a, in a more of an iconic sense rather than a comedic sense, you know, so that one, and then. Loved it, enjoyed it. And then Saturday was our Battlestar Galactica day, but that was also a day where, um, so we had a group picture plus an after party for Battlestar Galactica. Um, And we had a nice little group, you know, uh, maybe 10, 12 people in in different costumes. And um, someone brought uh, one who's a new Star Trek Vegas guy. Um, Actually, this past year, he brought out a banner, like a PyCon banner from BSG and hung that up for our pictures. But I also brought, my Star Wars Imperial officer costume because I had some friends um, visiting from Arizona, Cheryl, um, and they were doing Star Wars. So, you know, it's like they're they're not always going to be in New York City. This is our one time. So let's get it done. So I literally had a backpack with a couple costumes in there, wow. plus a uh, Star Trek 09 one to change into for the Star Trek meetup event they had that uh, that afternoon. So uh, my shoulders were a little tired at the end of the day. And then um <laughs> Sunday was my Savic day. So that was a costume um, that a friend of mine had made for me. 
and it's my new Rathacon era costume. And I chose to do um, Kirstie Alley Savick from Star Trek Two. So, so that was all of my costumes for for the uh, convention. I have to ask about the ears because I saw the pictures. The ears looked unbelievable. How did you do that? I'm going to disappoint everyone. Um, actually, so the, uh, a friend of mine, Jacqueline Hoffman from uh, Jacqueline Black Cosplay, she recommended a brand called Aradani. And sometimes people will paint them to match their skin tone and use spirit gum to adhere them to your ears. And then there's like a spirit gum cleaner. And I, I was just like, I, I'm not going to do any of that today. I'm just going to like put them on and, and hopefully they'll stay on. And, and fortunately, they did. So you can literally just very natural. I was yeah, very impressed. They make amazing. them in three different skin tones. So, you, you know, you can buy it and just, you know, try it on and, and see if it works. And I will say, though, that there's you may have to uh, pay attention to what people are saying a little bit more because it did kind of cover my ear canal a little bit. So <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I was curious, Michael, um, would you talk a little bit more about why you want to play these gender swap cosplays? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I guess I think, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I, I only did Star Trek costumes and I, I would only think of emulating, I guess, the the kind of the the characters that I identified with, you know, whether it's like Commander Riker um, and, and those are great characters and I love them. And then I guess I kind of it was, there's there's some I, I don't know what the right term is, gender bend or crossplay, but I saw some um, where like I have a lot of women friends who will dress up um, like, you know, male characters and. Um, that's very normalized. And then I've also seen where when men cosplay female characters, um, it's more of a, you know, a guy in a Sailor Moon costume with hairy legs and high mm -hmm. heels and, and chest hair. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I want to make that clear, like cosplay is artistic expression. So however you feel compelled to cosplay, like that is totally your own voice um, and, and no one should tell you otherwise. Um, but I just thought that there was a little bit of a void in depicting these great, strong female characters um, in, like I said, like the iconic sense versus the comedic sense. And so mm -hmm. um, it also kind of expands your horizon of of who else you can cosplay. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, that's kind of fun. So awesome. I, I appreciate you sharing because one of our friends and previous guests, Gerardo, had had mentioned that he wanted to do a gender swap cosplay at some point. And I think that the more that we do that, the more normal it will become. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I, I love that you do it. And, and thank you for doing that. Cool. Thanks for noticing. Yeah, no problem. Um, so you had already mentioned a little bit ago the away missions. Um, and I was interested in talking about that a little bit because it seems to have expanded from perhaps one group into like nine different away teams across the, the United States, at least. Want to talk a little bit about how you started doing those, how those came about? I think it was after Vegas in 2012, and it was such a rocking good time. Sadly, I actually did not know what the masquerade was at the time. So I believe it or not, I just went to my room most nights because I would ask people, where are you going? They'd say masquerade. And I was like, that sounds like some place out on the strip that would be hard to get to. And, you know, so I didn't realize there's just like a bar right outside the elevator, but <laughs> um, but it, it was just such a rocking good time. And it just seemed kind of as people would talk about post convention blues and post con depression, it just seemed like, you know, wow, like, why would we want to have to wait a year, you know, or months, um, yep. to kind of have any taste of that again. So, 
three years ago, it was myself and four other friends. I think it was a Sunday or Saturday night, and it was super quiet night in this in this bar, O'Looney's, which has become our. Marina knows I'm like there all the time. That's like my yes. living room. But, oh, it's, it's um, the best place. It looks awesome. I can't wait to go. <laughs> yeah, you need to. Um, you coming. guys would be our guests of honor. Absolutely. <laughs> and that kind of became our place to go. And it was uh, myself, Genesis, her her boyfriend, Anaid uh, Similjan, who's another Vegas person, and then Darlena Marie. And it was it was five people three years ago. And that grew. And then at, at the holiday one, we had like maybe – uh, 15 people and it continued to grow. And I tried to help some friends get the similar concept started. And our, our first one that we did, we tried to synchronize it so that the group in Utah and the group in San Francisco and Los Angeles could all do it at the same time, like across the country. And then we FaceTimed each other. So, I mean, it, you know, you, you couldn't really hear, but, you know, we're, we're in our bars and in our costumes and waving at each other and stuff. And um, yeah, so, you know, different cities, there are different challenges in different cities. I will say that, Um, you know, I mean, people don't understand sometimes that it can take one hour to travel four miles in New York City, um, Mm -hmm. whereas it can take, you know, uh, maybe 15 minutes to travel 10 miles in another city. Um, And all those things are unique. And um, there's different types of communities, like some prefer to do more sit down dinner um, style Mm -hmm. things, I think here in New York. Um, and Marina is like a veteran of away team. She's come to so many. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't be <laughs> possible it's without, the best be- you know. because it's, it's very convenient. You know, I'm, I, I live in New Jersey, but I, I work in the city. So that's it. It's, you know, I'm done with the work day. Just walk over to Times Square and that's it. You can just relax, talk track and have fun. Yeah. And these so are basically organized via social media, I assume, like Facebook, Twitter. Right, right. Facebook. I mean, yeah. you know, um, actually, Lisa Marie in Chicago, I think, does hers through yeah. meetup.com. And Andrea Murphy, who's one of like the community coordinator and developers for meetup.com, she actually um, helped organize the one um, at, at New York Comic Con. Like they have like they ran meetups for different fan groups in a room. And, you know, so so different places do it differently. But the only you know, the only thing that I tell people is that, you know, it is something that takes time and patience yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like if, if there's only three people that RSVP, then you go and you rock it and you take <laughs> pictures to make everybody feel like they missed out. And, you know, yeah. the next time there'll be five and, you know, their friends tell their friends and, and so on and so on. So, but, but I could talk about that for hours. So <laughs> talk to you guys. No, off so about it, but. I know I asked like earlier in the, or geez, it might've been last month. I don't know. I asked you sometime about the different groups. And so we've got, it looks like we've got like nine groups that are kind of, officially away teams at LA away team, Golden Gate away team, the OC (laughs) away team, Napa. So lots in California, Napa Valley, um, the Utah one, Texas Trekkies, the DC one, the NYC one, and then the Rockies one, which I was a member of for a while and wound up leaving because it was one of those groups that, that nobody really spearheaded. Um, so that's one thing I think that when you want to do this, if you're going to do it yourself, if you're going to start one up, just, just be aware, like you, you've got to be proactive and spearhead the event. If there's not one already happening, um, or find a friend that, that wants to, because it does take a, a great deal of organization to get them started. We have the the Star Trek, Cl- I guess the, the official Star Trek clubs, but the ones that are named after ships, 
Mm-hmm. Do you guys do they have those up around there? Like it'll be the USS Minor USS yeah. Pegasus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we have quite a few. I mean, there are several mm-hmm. ships in the area who are, that are part of uh, Starfleet International, which is the largest. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. official organization or not official but you know an actual organization there are quite a few independents there mm-hmm. are what's the uh, what's the name fleet 31 that's fleet a separate 31. organization yeah. there are, yeah and then uh, well independents i know um our mutual friend ed uh, he's mm-hmm. he's running uss growler yeah. That, yeah that's that's a completely they just by themselves that's a um, an independent uh, club group, whatever you call it, uses Growler. Uh, so quite a few. As a matter of fact, a lot of our get-togethers, it's like it's a, you know, yes, yeah, New York City. Yeah, <laughs> it's a New York City away team, but it's also uses Growler, and it's uh, uh, what's the? Uh, it's actually uh, a station, the, the one that's Darlene. Starbase yes, that's the one yeah. that Darlene Marie, Marie does. Yes, uh, so it's like a little bit of everything. And so then I the Iwo Jima too, yeah. Yes. I think that the Starfleet International clubs, like you can go to, you know, you can Google Starfleet International and go there and then it will tell you what clubs are in your vicinity. And then I guess otherwise, like with these smaller away teams, we can just go on Facebook and look up like LA away team, Golden Gate away team, et cetera, mm-hmm. to find those. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm yeah. more than happy. Like, there's a article, kind of a how-to that I did for Trek Movie a while ago. Um, but I'm more than happy to like kind of coach help, like you know, in any way that I can. If somebody wants to do it, you know, to to put something together. And we we I went with the concept of away team because I didn't want to take away from what people are already doing great, like with all the ships and everything. Yeah. Um, and I wanted it to actually have a much more relaxed um, kind of a feel. So like. Um, there wouldn't be any hierarchy. Um, typically, captains are not supposed to be parts of away teams, so that's not really like a position that we'd be fighting over, you know, arm wrestling yeah. for or anything. That um, is kind of so. how the the Starfleet International ones are set up, I think, where they have like a captain and with the ranks. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's really interesting. I for me, it's difficult just because of my, the way that my job is. Um, mm. I have trouble. I've been invited to several of the local meetings from the Tiburon, I think, and the Pegasus, maybe. Um, and they're just often like during the middle of the day when I'm busy walking dogs or something. So unfortunately, I haven't <laughs> been able to go to any of those yet. Um, do you guys have like scheduled events for this or mm-hmm. does it pop up last minute? No, I mean, well, I try, uh, maybe I'm just kind of like a little OCD, but I, I like to try and pl- plan things about six months out. Um, and we try to do something every other month. And then every now and then there's impromptu ones. Um, so um, we've had um, Brooke uh, Wilkins um, and David Stewart. Um, they happen to be in one weekend. And then that same weekend, Christian Blushinger uh, was yeah. also in town. So we were like, we got to do something. So like if there's ever like one or two or three, um, you know, STLV folks, mm-hmm. we're going to do something. We're, we're going to try. So um, Jesse Akendo was here yeah. one weekend yes. and then Spencer yes. Babb. Oh, that from, was great. Yeah. Arizona was here and, and, and it was also fleet week for the Navy. So that was interesting. Oh, there was cool. like sailors in the bar and Star Trek in the bar, it was just, <laughs> Amazing. you know, um, but yeah, we tried to schedule it um, far out. Um, I try to help. Um, in some of the other cities, like when I can, and then, uh, Michelle Selich does a great job. She did it in Seattle for a while and now she's, um, you know, helping out with, uh, Tanya and, uh, Oren in DC. So, 
Um, we try to do an advance. And, you know, the thing is, it, it doesn't also just have to be one person. And sometimes I forget yeah. that. Sometimes I forget that there are other people who are willing to help. And, and I just yeah. have a, an interest in everyone having fun that I don't want anyone to have to do anything. But um, like Marina had mentioned, the other ships and, um, you know, uh, Ed O'Connell, you know, he's from Fleet 31, but he actually helped run the raffle at our party last Sunday. Um, and, you know, we had folks um, from Priority One Podcast, Elio, and he donated stuff um, to the raffle as well. And so, you know, there, there's there's a way to kind of, you know, um, pool people's talents together. And, you know, people are always willing to help out sometimes if you just uh, ask or, you know. I might have yeah, it's, to. And it's a wonderful thing yeah. because let's face it, I mean, for some people, it is a yearly break between conventions. Yeah. And it's a whole too much time to go without track, let's face it. Um, there are also, also smaller things that people organize just purely for specific conventions. They like, for, for instance, that Chicago uh, convention that I mentioned, there was a group of about maybe 30 people who tried to do uh, little get togethers. They, they call them Admiral's Table. So basically, Oh, Those cool. people who can make it back to Chicago, regardless which state they're actually living. The majority of them are sort of in Midwest area. And they just get together in Olive Garden that's closest to Chicago here, have a dinner together, and that's it. Everybody in, everybody just lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I've been wanting to do one of those, and unfortunately, just not that easy to, to drop everything and go to Chicago for dinner. Uh, but it sounds like a wonderful idea anyway. And they, and you, you never know um, a lot of, you know, like the restaurant we go to Alunis, they are such great. They're like extended family for me. Um, but uh, the owner, Hugh, and his daughter, Maureen, run the place. And, you know, I, I just went back to find the manager the other day. I said, hey, you know, do you have a bowl that we could like throw all these raffle tickets into? And um, Maureen was like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, would you like a like a gift certificate for the raffle? And I was like, oh, wow. I mean, you guys already do so much for us. You know, you, you don't have to, but but that's cool. You know, that was like the coolest prize. I didn't win it. You know, I wish I did, but, um, <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. When's the next event? <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know that we're doing anything. Well, actually, so October 31st, um, <gasps> Halloween Monday, um, Tori O'Brien from Connecticut is actually kind of helping to manage that one. It's not specifically Trek, um, but it will be at Looney's and it will be mostly Trek family. And then December 10, we are actually um, working on doing like a holiday party kind of a thing. Um, and I, I, I'm not 100% sure if it's going to work out just yet, um, but we, we may have some uh, live entertainment and some, you know, sing-alongs. And, I, you know, we'll, we'll see how that all pans out, but um, we're pretty excited about that. So the, it's October 31st and then December 10 for the holiday get-together. And October 31st is actually my birthday. And oh wow! I would love oh, that's to great. come to that, but uh, unfortunately, I have other things already planned. But the holiday party sounds great. Definitely, Absolutely. more, more and to who knows? Maybe something it. else will pop up too. Yeah, yeah. That that we always have impromptu stuff. So yeah, very cool. So, Michael, where can people find you on social media if they're looking for you? And more information on away team, by the way. The easiest way to find me, just because of how common my my name is, is just um is actually my cosplay page, Michael's cosplay, like uh, apostrophe s, Michael's cosplay, and then uh, on Instagram and Twitter, um, Star Trek Souther one, and that's Star Trek common spelling S U T H E R, and then the number one, um, and those might be the easiest ways to find me. Um, Star Trek cosplay is is one of the bigger groups that uh, that I help run, so. 
any of those, um, I'll be out there. Excellent. Excellent. Marina, where can people find you? Well, Facebook, although I suppose it's, uh, I have to say I've become a little bit more selective as far as the number of people that yeah. I'm friending because especially after conventions, all of a sudden, it gets crazy. the requests yeah. just balloon and I, most of the time I actually cannot make out that that's somebody that I met or is it just a random person yeah. reacting to whatever. But probably the easiest way would be uh, Twitter. Uh, and my uh, um, handle is Dracorex, and I'll spell that. It's D-R-A-K-K-O-R-E-X. And same thing on Instagram. So um, that's probably the best. I, I'm barely on Instagram. So the easiest one publicly is probably Twitter. So either one of you have anything else you'd like to say to our audience before we wrap up the show? I suppose I could uh, sort of like introduce this. Apparently a brand new convention that's going to be happening in November uh, called Uh-oh. Northeast TrekCon in Albany. And yeah. uh, I just got the ticket I could not resist um, <laughs> because it's, it's a two-hour drive for me. And it seems to be like, a, at least so far, looking up, very, very neat. It's sort of like, yes, it is about sci-fi and primarily track, but they're also trying to get it to be a little bit more scientific. So half of the invited guests are actually professors or just general scientists from University of Albany. And the other half are our old favorites. So they have uh, uh, Bob Picardo. They have Chase Masterson. They have the Nana Visitor. They have, uh, I think, J.J. Hertzler is coming. So it's this interesting mix. And so far, it had they, they haven't had any uh, programming indicated yet, but they, they did put like a, a little draft of a Friday uh, schedule. And it's like I said, it's that mix. They have science panels and they have actor panels. So I'm really looking forward to checking this out. And if you're in the area, let's see what it is. Let's support it. And Because so far, it sounds pretty neat. Very cool. We'll get a link to that in our show notes if anybody's interested in, in looking that up and, and attending. Very, very cool. Thanks for bringing that up. Michael, anything else from you? Uh, just, you know, thank you so much, um, you know, for what you guys do. Um, you know, you really keep the convention going, you know, all all year round. And that's very special. I think um, you probably don't realize to a, a lot of people in many ways that, uh, you know, like you, we all know living in New York, uh, you know, Heather, if you ever drive for five minutes up here, um, you'll get what we're talking about, but, uh, potholes, tolls and taxes. And it's just, um, you know, sometimes I like, I just, I, I turn on my phone. I'm like, man, I hope that the next short leave episode is up. Cause I'm, that's what I want to listen to, you know, on, on the way in to start my week and, um, really appreciate what you guys do. Thanks for keeping it alive. Mm, oh, thank thank you. you. Absolutely. Oh, very kind of you to say, appreciate it. And, and, uh, you can find us of course at the tricorder transmissions.com or on Facebook, Slash the Tricorder Transmissions. Twitter is TTT underscore pod. And we also have a handle specifically for this show, which is at Shoreleave. Heather, where can people find you? Um, the best place is also Twitter, um, Sketching Venus on there. And both Jeff and I, both you and I, <laughs> moderate the unofficial Las Vegas Star Trek convention group. I hope I said that right, since I always mess it up. Yeah. Um, so we're there and I'm, we're admins there so you can catch us. But if you add me as a friend, please send me a message much like Marina. I've got way too many people I don't know and creepers. (laughs) If you send me a message and tell me you listen to the show, I will certainly add you. Otherwise I have stopped adding pretty much everyone that I don't actually know. All right. And, um, it's going to sound like a broken record here because I say this at the end of every show, but if you guys would be kind enough to swing on over to iTunes and leave us a review that would be very very awesome even if it's just a star review if you don't feel like writing anything just leave us some sort of review to let us know how you feel about the show it goes a long way in uh, helping us get new listeners into the audience and letting us know uh, what we're doing right 
and what we're doing wrong, what we can improve. So thanks so much uh, for listening. And uh, thank you, Marina and Michael, once again, for being a part of the show. We hope you guys will come back again. Uh, thank you thanks very so much, much for having us. Thanks. Right. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of the Tricorder Transmissions. Hi there. Thanks again for listening. If you're cruising the galaxy looking for even more Trek talk, why not visit our good friends Bill and Dan over at TrekGeeks.com? They've got a great podcast that covers a wide range of Star Trek topics, so you're sure to find something you'll love. And if you're in the mood for some awesome tunes, then you really need to head over to 5yearmission.net. The guys are writing a song for every episode of the original series, and each one is absolutely brilliant. So that's TrekGeeks.com and 5yearmission.net. Check them out today.